Exodus chapter number 11. One of the things that we want to look at this morning, and for, for those of you that are here with us for the first time to today, we've been uh, following the children of Israel in the book of Exodus. And one of the things that we want to point out to all of us today is the fact that when the children of Israel went in Egypt, they were in what we would call bondage. Uh, they were slaves. Many people have considered that to be almost like our heritage here in the United States, where we as African-American people were what? Slaves for a great number of years. And then there came a delivery of those people from slavery. One of the things that I want to hopefully highlight today is the fact that when you get out of slavery or bondage, attempt not to get back into it. Amen. Because oftentimes we, we trade one thing for another thing. We want to look at chapter number 11, and we, we are satisfied with what God has been doing with this series and that is he has already brought us through nine plagues. Would anyone know, give me one of the plagues that we have already seen? The frogs, amen. The locusts. Now, why, why, did the, why were the frogs a plague? Okay, it was a goddess. It was a, 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 the frog, for those of you that have not been here with us, the Egyptians worshipped frogs it would have a female body with a frog head now that's kind of weird isn't it I don't you know I know that there people have weird tastes but I don't know if I would want to have a, a girlfriend that had a nice body and then had a frog head rushing that's kind of weird isn't it now somebody said locust why did why was the locust uh, brought about Locusts was what? A form of God's judgment. And when locusts, when you read in the Bible that the locusts came, they usually did what? Ate up all the crop. And God took away that which we had. And sometimes God does that even today. When we are not obedient, are not careful with what we have, God allows circumstances to come and take up all of our funding or all of our food? Is there something else that happened along those lines? Turned the Nile into blood, and why was the, the Nile chastened? Amen. In Egypt, it does not rain like it does. How many of y'all saw the rain last night? It doesn't rain like that in Egypt. Basically, Egypt, when the Nile overflows, it fertilizes the crops, and that's how the crops grow, because the Nile River overflows. Is there something else that has happened? The mice, yes, the mice. And, and that was a form of God punishing them to let them know that he had authority. So in other words, what we're saying this morning is everything that happened, God was allowing the children of I Egypt to know that he was God. And even today, we as young men and young women need to know that God is God. 
and that he is in control. And today, in chapter number 11, God says he's going to bring the final plague. How many of us know that death is a plague? I don't care how young you are, how old you are. One day you will have to what? You're going to have to die. And too many of our young people are dying today because they are disobedient to their parents and disobedient to society. The word of the Lord according to Moses in chapter number 11, and it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards, he will let you go. Hence, when he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out hence all together. One of the things that we want to point out in verse number one, and that is that once God has formed a purpose, uh, you should actually be knowledgeable enough to know that it is God speaking. You can't fool God. You might be able to fool me. You may be able to fool mother and father, but you cannot fool God because God is what all seeing and he is all knowing. It has taken Pharaoh and the Egyptian some nine plagues before he actually realizes that God is who he said he was. And this is the whole purpose of God is to do what? Get glory and honor out of all of our lives. No matter what we think, no matter how smart you are, no matter what your accolades are, you are nothing without God. And so God has told Moses, and this is one of the things that I want us to understand, that nothing happens without God telling us what is going to happen. God warns us one way or another. Sometimes our parents do what? They tell us things are going to happen. For example, they say, if you're what? Disobedient, you're going to what? Get in trouble. Y'all don't hear me this morning. We need to know that when they say that, they're just not saying that hypothetically. They have what? May have already experienced some of the things that we're going to. Listen to what God says to Moses and tells him. He says, now, speak now in what? The ears of the people and let every man borrow of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor. Listen to what he tells them to get. Jewels of silver. Jewels of what? Gold. The purpose, my brothers and sisters, for God telling them this is because they had been what? Slaves. Did they have any money? A slave don't have no money. But if they're going to leave, they need some currency or something to do what? Bargain with. Look how wise your God is. That he knows that even when you go to college, that you didn't have a job, did you? But did you ever miss a meal? Look, look at Sheikah. Sheikah said, yeah, well, Sheikah, we're we not talking about if you wanted a filet mignon. But you, you, you had something to eat. And even now, as, as we live in our parents' homes, you, you have, uh, young lady, have you ever been hungry? You ain't been hungry. You know you ain't been hungry. Your mama ain't going to let you be hungry. You may not have had what you desired to eat, but there was something that, young man, have you ever been really been hungry? All right. You ain't never been hungry, have you? Because you can call your what? Your aunties or you can call your cousin and they'll bring you something to eat, won't they? Amen. You, you, won't, you, know, you won't take her nothing to eat. 
Yes, you will. I know you will. But that's the thing about God is God tells us what's going to happen so that when it happens, we already what? Know what's going to happen. And so he tells them to do what? Go borrow. And I, I see one young lady today, I, you know, the Lord might have to tell me to, to borrow her necklace. It looks so lovely on her today. It, it's probably worth millions. <laughs> Amen. But the, the thrust of what the lesson is teaching us today is God gave his people what? Favor. Because most of us, if somebody came to us and asked us to borrow something, in, in, in actuality, he's not saying borrow in the sense that it's saying. He's saying for them to give it to them. And so that was a retribution for all of the years that they had been servants to the Egyptians and working for nothing. And my brothers and sisters, I sure wish the United States of America would do something like that, that they would repay us all for all of the heartaches and all of the troubles that they have given to us, our people, during our years. For some of you, you don't remember when it was difficult for an African-American person to be able to even go to like a Ruth Chris. Because even if they had the money, they couldn't show that they had the money because somebody would want to take it from them. Even if there were times when African-American persons were able to obtain Cadillacs, but as soon as you got a Cadillac or you got a Mercedes-Benz, the police would pull you over because they felt like you didn't have the right to be able to drive a vehicle like that. And so God has given the people of Jacksonville, the people of America, the African-American people, what? Favor to get what? Good jobs and to be able to get good education. And that's why it's so important that we as young people go to school and learn all that we can learn so that these things are not taken for granted because it was a time when we were not even, what? Able to go to school. So God tells them to go and borrow from the neighbor. And verse 3 says, and the Lord gave the people what? Favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And then watch what he says. Two verses, two parts of this to say, and the man Moses was what? Very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. Because of what? All of the marvelous things that God had allowed him to do what were some of the things that God allowed him to do he allowed him to do what take his staff and turn it into a serpent but that wasn't enough was it because the servants of of Pharaoh did what they turned their staffs into serpents but the power was in what the God that uh, Moses served and when he did his snake ate up what the other servants but then as God progressed he allowed them to see that they were the gods that they served were not as great as the God that Moses served. So the people even took notice that the God of Moses was greater than the gods of Pharaoh. In verse 4 he says, And Moses said, Thus said the Lord, About midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon the throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the meal, and all the firstborn of beasts. Now, just in conversation, why would God kill children? 
Does that seem right? That God would kill children? If we look back at chapter number four, you find out that the first thing that God told Moses when he was sending him, that he was going to do what? He was going to kill the firstborn of Egypt. And the reason why he killed the firstborn of Egypt, because Pharaoh's son was a what? A God. The firstborn child in Egypt would become Pharaoh which meant he was a god. Are y'all with me? And because he was a god, the god of gods, or the lord of lords, could not allow anybody be what? Before him. And so God killed Pharaoh's son, the firstborn. What did they do with it? They took it with them. They, 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 but they needed currency. It's just like the United. If if I'm going to bargain with you, if I go to another country, if I don't have anything, I can't bargain with you. I can't buy anything. And so they took the gold with them and the silver, so that when they got to other countries, they would have finances to be able to obtain land. Yeah, they, they did use it for the wrong purpose because we find them milling a calf, a god, down the road. They used it for the wrong purpose. But God uh, would not allow them not to leave Egypt without being repaid for all of the hard labor that they went through. Very good, very good. Now, back to this, the firstborn child. The thing that we need to know about the firstborn child, as we stated, was the fact that the firstborn was always symbolic because the firstborn was going to be the one that represented the people. For example, who was the firstborn that was born to Adam? Cain. Who was the firstborn that was born to, and I want to show us a pattern. Who was the firstborn that was born to Abram? No. Who was the firstborn that was born to Ishmael? Who was the firstborn that was born to Isaac? Esau. But all of these were what? Rejected. Are you with me? The firstborn is not necessarily who God chooses. It's only if God chooses the firstborn. Now notice the difference. God called Abram his what? Firstborn. And this is the whole purpose why God in chapter 4 of Exodus, God goes back and he tells Pharaoh to let his people go because Abram is his firstborn. But when we begin to worship the firstborn, then it takes the place of who? God. And when it, God will not allow anything to be placed before him. Now, I, I know Sister Gann is a teacher. Could you imagine one of them firstborn kids coming in your school and trying to tell you how to run school? And they try to do it all the time anyway. But a small child coming to school creates what? Havoc. When he thinks uh, he's supposed to be what? Just given everything instead of what obtaining or learning 
the things that he or she needs to know. We almost done, y'all. Now, one of the things I want to point out is the fact that God had also, because of the evilness in the nation and the rebellion by Pharaoh, God even allowed the firstborn of the animals to die also. But I want us to see something that's going to be very, very prominent in this. In verse number six, he said, and there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, now shall be like it anymore. But watch the favor of God, if we are obedient to him. But against the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast that ye may what know and this is the whole purpose of everything that has happened is so that we will what not only the Egyptians but that we in this dispensation will know what that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel why is this so important to us is the fact because God puts a difference between those of us who are what obedient and those that are disobedient to him. If we are obedient to God, there are some things and privileges that we have that people are disobedient to God won't have. And my young people today, I would encourage you, don't be in such a rush to grow up and get out of your parents' house. Because there's safety and peace in your parents' home. For example, does, does any of the young people here today have to pay a mortgage? I know you want to say, I want to get my own apartment. I want to get my own this and own that. L listen to the preacher if you don't hear nothing else I say today. If I can go back home to my mom and daddy's house and don't have to pay a mortgage, don't have to pay my own car note, you know, it wasn't so bad even walking because all you got to do is, Ask mom and daddy for a few little dollars and they'll put some gas in the car. But don't be in such a rush to get out of your parents' home because there's safety in the home. You don't have to worry about where we're going to get our next meal from because mom and daddy's going to make sure that you have a meal. But I want to point out two more things and I'm almost done. Listen what he says. How many of you know a dog going to bark no matter what? But notice what God says. Not a dog move his tongue against man or beast. That's a what? Stillness or peace. When the deaf angel was going out, it was so horrible. When death is all around us, People can't say a whole lot. And animals can sense when death is about. I don't know if any of you all noticed this, but there's a cat in one of the hospices that the cat goes to a patient room and usually that patient is about to die. And the cat will actually stay there with the patient until the patient dies. And then the cat goes to another room. Now, I don't know about y'all, but if I looked up and saw that cat, I'll be trying to tell that cat to Get on about his business. Yeah, scat cat, get on out of here. But animals have a sense about death that we don't. We know people are going to die, but we don't know how soon. Notice what he says in verse 8. 
And all these thy servants shall come down unto me and bow down themselves unto me, saying, Get thee out, and all the people that follow thee. And after that I will go out. And he went out of Pharaoh as a great anger. And the Lord said unto Moses, verse 9, Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you that my, listen to what the reason for all of this was, that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. And Moses and Aaron did all these things before the Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go out of his land. We know that it's chapter 11, but we do know that what happened, that at midnight, the death angel did come. And when the death angel came, Pharaoh's son, his firstborn son, died. And because of that, God, God allowed Moses to go back. And when Moses went back, Pharaoh said, what? Get out of the land. And because God had hardened his heart, and not really hardened his heart, but because God allowed it to be revealed unto Pharaoh and to people, exactly what God had said would happen, it what? It happened. And my brothers and sisters, so God has said some things about your lives. If you will be obedient to God and will not hearken unto your own ways, but will allow God to use you to create the things that he desires that you have, then God will allow you to be let go and be let free. God will provide for you just as he did for the children of Israel and giving them what favor to have what silver and gold. What does that translate to us today? God will give you favor when you have gotten a good education that God will allow you to have a good job when you have been obedient to your parents. Listen, you have to be obedient to those that have authority over you. And when you are obedient to those who have authority over you, I know that sometimes teachers are not very good teachers. They do not allow you to be all that you could be. But if you trust in God and believe in God, all these things you will be set free at some point. So again, don't rush getting out. Don't rush saying, I wish I was out of school. Don't rush all these things. I wish I could be back in school and not have to worry about a light bill that's almost four, $500. I wish I was back in school where I could just not have to worry about a lot of things. But that's not the case now. But while you are young, while you can know all these things, get as much knowledge as you can get. Because sooner or later, the death angel will come. And we're not talking all the time about a physical death. Death really means separation. That's what death really means. When you're separated from your parents, when you're separated from the things that you like to do, when you're separated from the goals you have, that is term death. And so if you have placed the blood of Jesus Christ on your heart and in your lives, then what will happen is the death angel will pass over you. And you will not have to worry about a lot of things that other people do. It looks glamorous for some of your friends that are doing things that are wrong. But believe me, my brothers and my sisters, all good things come to an end. And then you'll find some of your coworkers, some of your friends, at a young age, they'll be dead. 
and you wonder why that person died at such a young age, it's because they practice not the things of God. It is difficult, young people, to live a holy and a clean life because when you look around and you see all of your other friends appearing to have so much fun, when they're not studying their homework, when they're not doing the thing that their parents are saying to do, when they're sneaking out of the home, when they're taking the parents' cars and stealing, those things seem like they're so much fun. But when they're old, like we are now, and you look back over your life and you can appreciate God for all of the wonderful things that he have done for you, God will what? Bring you out. God will set you as the head. And not to tell if you will what? Be obedient to his holy word. And God does all of these things to show his greatness. It's not that he don't like them or he love you more. But he wants everybody to know who he is. And the power that he has. Are there any questions? Did I say something this morning that somebody may not have understood? Got the point? All right. So if you got the point, I'm expecting to see what? Some progress. I'm expecting to hear about this young man being the CEO of some bank. So when I need a loan, I can go and say, I know you don't. If I pull out his little book and say, Mr. Williams, your credit don't add up. We we sorry. We love to loan you some money, but we, we your credit don't line up with our guidelines. Amen. All of us have a what? A purpose. Let us not derail God's purpose for our lives. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come now to thee to give thy name honor, glory, and praise. We come, Father, because we have need of thee because you are God and you are God alone. Help us to be all that you desire that we be. Open our eyes, O God, that we might see your glory in everything that you attempt for us to do. Our Father, we know that you are able to provide and be exceedingly grateful to all that you have called us to do. Father, bless us in a very special way as our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.